0: the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com
1: hello and welcome to the raptors reaction podcast i'm your host william lu this episode along with every episode this season is brought to you by our sponsor kfc so i'm recapping the toronto raptors 132 to 96 win over the charlotte hornets i mean this game was such a blowout uh that (laughs) i mean (laughs) i looked over at the scoreboard at like the third quarter and I thought, wow, the Raptors are up like forty points. Uh and it just like you know. It's one of those games where the Raptors weren't necessarily leading that much. It's actually kind of funny. This game reminded me a lot of the Detroit game in the sense that the Raptors just kinda came in and knew we are much better than this team. Let's just like screw around, see what we can get away with in the first half, you know, get some cardio in. And then third quarter rolls around, they start to take the game seriously. And it's over. It's a wrap. Like, the way the Raptors just pulled away from the Hornets tonight uh, was incredible. And, you know, the one stat that stands out from this game, more than any other number, more than the fact that the Raptors won by 36 points, uh, is the fact that the Raptors set a franchise record with 40 assists. Think about that. How many times have you seen 40 assists in a basketball game? Regulation basketball game, 40 assists. The Raptors just picked the Hornets apart. I mean,. You know, the Hornets, I got to say, were not very impressive. Uh, They've had some, you know, I would say uh, spirited performances early in the season. You know, they've uh, made a couple of comebacks. Uh, Devontae Graham has been really exciting to watch. Uh, Terry Rozier, I don't know how uh, he got that contract, but good for him, you know. And yeah, they they played some decent basketball, I would say. You know, I like watching a couple of their players. You know, PJ Washington has been solid. Um, I like that kid, uh, Cody Martin, off the bench. LoHeat today was scoreless, but uh, but yeah, wow, the Raptors just killed them. Forty assists, man. Uh, on fifty-one percent shooting from the Raptors, forty-six percent from deep. That's twenty of forty-three from three. Raptors didn't even need to get to the free throw line uh and you know it, it's it's one of those things where you look across the board and it's like wow the raptors beat them at everything like the one thing the raptors have been weak at this year has been offensive rebound they just kind of don't do it um you know they don't really have the the type of team to go for offensive rebounds, but at the same time you look at it today they had 16 offensive rebounds to Charlotte's nine, so they even out rebounded them on, in terms of second chance points and things like that. And again, the ball moon 40 assists is just so impressive. You know, you and, and you look up and down the roster. You got Terrence Davis off the bench with seven, Mark Gasol leading the way with nine as a center. By the way, which is very 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 impressive. I know we're we're kind of spoiled nowadays watching like Nikola Jokic and guys like that, but remember Marcus was one of the original uh you know point type of centers especially in memphis the way he sort of commanded the offense uh the high post you know you know feeding whether it was like mike conley or finding zebo in the high low action or you know even some of the older days when he would find rudy gay uh and a couple of those guys there You know, him working the two-man game with old man Vince Carter. Like, you know, Mark has always been a phenomenal passer. And tonight, nine assists to lead the Raptors. He was great. Um, But, you mean, you look up and down the roster. Fred gives you eight assists. Pascal gives you five. Even Norman Powell, who I cannot stress enough that Norman Powell, a big weakness in his game is playmaking, especially from the shooting guard position. You would expect uh, that to be a bigger uh, facet of the game. But, man, six assists for Norman Powell. So, uh this is just a great effort by the team, and the Raptors just kind of picked the Hornets apart. Offensively, you know, the Hornets made life difficult for themselves because um, they kept turning the ball over, and the Raptors are the best transition team in the NBA. And so when you turn the ball over against this team, they're going to score. They're going to just run it down your throats. And, um, yeah, especially in that third quarter there. Like, the Hornets just it, – it's funny, actually, because the Hornets were getting some buckets in the first half. You know, like, they were – you know, a Cody Zeller would hit a three and, like – Marvin Williams was popping off a little bit, and, you know, Terry Ogier had a bucket, and you're like, okay, you know, Devontae Graham, he's kind of electric in terms of scoring, kind of like a new Lou Williams type. Cool. But then when the Raptors took it seriously in the third quarter, they came out, they played defense, and, and you look at Charlotte's offense, they make the most of what they have. Like, they don't have a lot of offensive talent, they don't have a natural a shot creator, or at least one guy to sort of centralize their offense around. So, what they do is share the ball, move the ball around, and shoot a ton of three-pointers. It's just imagine the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis, which is, you know, you don't have to imagine actually in two years. that's That's what they're going to be. But, they just fire a ton of threes. But the thing is, it's one thing to fire a ton of threes against a team that doesn't rotate well. You can get hot, you can win some games. The Raptors, I would say the Raptors are one of the best defenses in the NBA in terms of just rotations. Strictly speaking, that's like the Raptors defending as a team, uh, the way Nick Nurse has them going, obviously they won a championship playing this way, uh, and it sort of continued onward. Like The Raptors' rotations were so crisp, and especially in that third quarter when they decided to lock down on the Hornets, they couldn't get anything, anything. And then any missed shot, the Raptors go the other way and score. The main star of the third quarter where the Raptors won 32-18 was uh, O.G. Anobi, who scored 16 of his career-high 24 points, in the third quarter there, OG actually only ended up playing three quarters. He got scratched in the eye, although he was apparently fine. He was able to return, but he did briefly go to the locker room. But in any case, OG in that third quarter there, 16 points. And again, OG is not an explosive scorer, or at least he's not supposed to be. But when he gives you 24 points on 10 of 13 shooting, including 4 of 7 from 3, all four of those threes, by the way, were in the uh, in the third quarter there. It was just... It was so, so impressive to watch OG uh, you know, do his thing down there. I mean, like, the three-pointers, let's first off start with that, okay? So there's one where OG ran a pick-and-roll. Now, OG ran a pick-and-roll in the first quarter as well, or in the first half as well. Maybe it was the first or second quarter, I can't remember. Uh, the Hornets went under on the screen. He dribbled to the mid-range area, pulled up for a long two, switched it. Not necessarily the best shot you want to get from OG and Obi, and you want to get out of your offense, but... You know, I think that gave him some confidence. Uh, you know, he saw the way the Hornets were guarding him. And then in the third quarter there, OG runs another pick and roll. The Hornets go under again. Marcus obviously setting a great screen. And OG just says, I'll pull up for three this time. I'll switch that. That's a great decision. Um, there's another play where OG was in the corner there. Someone kicked in the ball. OG sort of like pump fixed and then sidestepped and relocated and shot the three. And he made that as well. Uh, OG also had a Euro step in transition where he got the rebound or got the loose ball and then took on two guys, sort of like on his hip, one on each hip. You know, OG uh, who who claims the UK. Uh, well, I mean, I guess he was born there, but um, you know, does a little Euro step, literally moved through London with the Euro step and uh, finished, you know, over the two defenders for a layup. Uh, he cut baseline for a dunk. I mean, Marcus all had many, many, many gorgeous assists tonight, Uh, but one of the best ones was, you know, OG was in the corner, the defender was sort of having his back turned, wasn't sure if he was going to cover OG on one side or the other side and didn't know which way Mark was going to throw the pass. OG sort of faked towards the corner, the defender sort of turned and sort of tried to go to the corner, then OG pivoted. Cut back door Marcus all with a beautiful find and beautiful patience to read what OG was doing so that he didn't throw the pass to the corner, but instead he held on to the second longer, passed the OG. OG cuts back door for a dunk, and it was just such an impressive stretch, man. At one point, OG just like sized up this man. It was a short shot clock situation, pull up three, and he makes it. In isolation with a shot clock running down. Obviously, he's not gonna make a lot of these shots consistently, at least not right now, but the way he's showing potential right now is wild. I mean, twenty-four points in twenty-seven minutes—it's almost unthinkable for OG. And I said this is something I said uh, when OG had a great game against uh, New Orleans. When I just said, you know what, let's stop putting, um, you know, let's stop putting ceilings on OG. Let's just see how far he can take it this year. Uh, and you know, and part of that I was kind of speaking to myself because um, I had said. In preseason, that I, I kind of see OG as a three and D type, and I think it's okay. I think he's be really good in that role, and he has been in that role, and he's done really good in that role. But you're starting to see more things like him running be able to run pick and roll and create some offense. If that's something that, especially if he can hone it, he can tighten up the handle, obviously, and and do a little bit more of that. You know, there's. We're seeing more and more of OG create his own offense. Like you know, in the first half, there was also a great play where OG has done this a couple times now. But OG, one of the best strengths he has on in terms of his game is that he's just so physically strong. And so when he drives, he can almost like push his defender back and create space for himself, create separation. And OG did that effectively on one of his drives. Now, granted, he he also picked up a charge on Nick Batum, uh, trying to do the same thing. Yeah, you know, but I would say it was a bit of a flop by Nick Batum, but nevertheless, like, you know, OG does have the strength and, you know, he has to sort of, you know, control and harness it. But at the same time, this man is, he's playing excellent basketball. Uh, uh, he keeps getting scratched in the eyes, so maybe he should look into getting some goggles or whatever. Uh, my suggestion would be to wear the uh, champagne championship goggles. Just as a flex, you know, just be like, yeah, 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 these, this, these goggles, yeah, yeah, I, I got them from, you know, one... When we uh, won the NBA championship, yeah. So uh, maybe he can look into some eyewear, but uh, he's he's been phenomenal. I, l- I love the way OG's playing, and then the defense too. There's just one or two plays a game where he just bullies and takes the ball from you. Like it's it, it's again. It, I don't want to say it's Kawhi esque because I'm not going to draw that comparison there. But the way he steals the ball sometimes is legitimately reminiscent of the way Kawhi would, you know. I mean, I should go look up on YouTube, Kawhi versus Ben McLemore, that kind of steal, where he just, like, takes the ball from you, rips it from you, and then goes the other way and creates offense. So I love the way OG played today. I thought Mark, as I mentioned earlier, was phenomenal with his playmaking. It's another example of how Mark can sort of affect the game without actually having to dominate touches. Um, You know, the way I would compare Mark is, like, uh, you know, a great um, conductor in the orchestra in the sense that, like, you know, a con- you know, the conductor doesn't actually play any instrument. He's not, uh, creating any of the sound. He's not adding to it. But what he does is that he improves the sound of everyone else. Um, he keeps everyone on time. He, uh, you know, picks up the energy from a section that's lacking. Um, you know he cues one one place or the other. He sort of quiets them down. He just basically controls the tempo of the game, and he and he really controls how the game is played. And he really does make everyone around him better. Like that's why, even though Markel is averaging like six point six rebounds, shooting like twenty percent from two point range, it's not good. And a lot of times when he shoots the ball, it looks really terrible. But when you look at the advanced stats, every single stat on the floor pretty much for every single player, improves with Mark on the floor. You know, there's a noticeable change for what, you know, Norm uh, performs with uh, Marcus all on the floor. Obviously, Mark is really good um, at sort of setting up Mark or, or Norm. I think it's, it's almost a special case there. But, you know, uh, Mark improves the play of Pascal. He improves the play of Fred. Uh, he improves the play of OG. And you can see it tonight. Like, the nine assists, like, a lot of them are just very, very impressive. Two-man actions, like, Mark, for example, got his 7th and 8th assists finding um, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, So the Hornets tried to zone the Raptors, which is hilarious considering they're so experienced and they know exactly what to do. And having Mark is such a luxury against a team that will zone you because, you know, Mark's going to get into the middle of the floor. He's going to catch the ball. He's a huge target, obviously, seven feet tall. And then when the defense rotates, and Mark is going to be so fast. He's going to calculate. He's going to find um, – he, he's going to create the angles to find people open for three. He found Fred Van Vliet open for a wing three. And then on the eighth of this, I thought that was probably his best pass of the game, that one, and also the uh, the backdoor pass, the bounce pass to OG where Mark – Sees Fred in the corner, but then Fred also slides from the corner, like to the deepest part of the corner possible. So he's sort of just like that extra little bit of like two, three feet of movement really created an extra bit uh, of space for Fred to be open from. And because Fred's man was caught watching Mark, Mark was able to do a look away pass where Mark is looking sort of towards the wing. But then he throws a bounce pass against the momentum of his body uh, into the corner, the the deepest part of the corner where Fred was swatting up. And Fred uh, rises up for three. And I just thought that was just such an impressive sequence. And, again, that's what Mark does. Like, at this point in his career, Mark is not someone that's going to score the ball for you. Like, uh, three-point shots he's going to have um, – you know, and and I guess if he gets fouled, he can make some free throws. But he's not going to be a, a player that's going to be chipping in a lot in terms of post ups. You're not going to get the ball to him in the post, and he's not—at least right now—he's not going to hit those face up jumpers that he made a whole career on, uh, or those little sweeping h- hook shots. That just seems to be lost on him right now. But at the same time, if he can space the floor, and if he can pass the ball, and he can screen, he can play defense. His defense today was really, really good. If you could do all those things, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? uh the team is like the team is like a, a symphony and you really need an like a, a conductor and the 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 the, the conductor is Marcus so uh, i thought he did a great job tonight especially with the nine assists uh, it was very fun and very pretty to watch mark uh there's <laughs> there's that famous saying about Lionel Messi where uh you watch the game you see Lionel Messi you watch Lionel Messi you see the game and I'm not saying you watch Marcus and you see the game, but when you mar- watch the game through Allen's eyes and you sort of see him process, you know where the openings are and where the passes can be and where he can improve uh, and his the, the play of his teammates, you know Mark does it. It's 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 nice watching on player players. What I'm trying to say. Uh, Norman Powell also was great. Uh, it, it's a funny moment in pregame where, you know, Nick was talking to reporters and I forget who asked him about uh, Norman Powell, but it was just like, hey man, like. What's going on with Norm? Like, uh, what do you want to see from Norm? Is it frustrating to see the inconsistency? And, and Nick Nurse, <laughs> I, I love the I love how Frank Nick Nurse is. Maybe it's just sort of the Midwestern thing, but uh, Nick just said, you know, sometimes. Oh, what do you say? Actually, I wish we could pencil him for sixteen each night instead of twenty-six, one, zero the next, which I thought was just hilarious because uh, coaches don't usually say it in such frank terms. Just like coaches don't outright say guys like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson are uh, unskilled, um, you know, it, it, he or you know, just calling out players or telling Pascal to stop fouling. Like coaches generally aren't that honest, but Nick Nurse, I think maybe a part of him he just can't help but be honest. And and honestly, that is the truth with Norm. Like anybody who's watched Norm, and, and Nurse has been here for Norm's entire professional career, you know, five seasons with the Raptors, either as an assistant or head coach. So he's seen Norm, and so he understands like the frustration of like, yo, what is going on? Why is it always that? Uh, <laughs> why is it always that? You know, uh, you know, you tease one moment, and then you're like coming out, and you're 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 playing great, and then all of a sudden the next game you disappear, and you know that's just kind of the story of Norm Powell, but. To Norm's credit, I gotta say, you know, as Nick said, he wants to give him. He wants 16 points out of Norm consistently. Well, guess what? The last five of the last six games, Norm Powell's had 14 or more points. He had 18 against the Lakers. He had 14 against the Clippers. Uh, no, sorry, 18 against the the Pelicans. 14 against the Lakers. 15 against the Clippers. Two points against Dallas or, or Portland. Obviously, that game was a bit of an off game. He was completely invisible. But he comes back strong with 26 points against Dallas and today. Seventeen points for Norman Powell. What I actually like too is the six assists. So not not only does that show that Norman was making good decisions within this flow, the offense to take good shots, that it was makeable shots. Like honestly, he shot two of A from deep, but I, I I didn't really take exception to most of his attempts. I thought they were mostly good. But the fact that he was also able to generate six assists, you know, a lot of that was sort of the gravity of his slashing where he's able to, you know, beat his man, get into the lane, collapse, draw a second defender, and dump it off to someone else. That's something where Norm has struggled in the past. Like, he definitely gets tunnel vision. Once he drives past his man, he definitely wants to shoot it. Uh, But I thought Norm did a better job of distributing tonight and sort of playing within the flow of the offense. Like, look, man, the offense is clearly working. They got 40 assists. And uh, I, I, I was happy that Norm was able to chip in with six of his own. So I, I like Norm's effort overall. Uh, he has some impressive drives in transition. Again, this is stuff that's not unusual to Norm. And honestly, I think part of Norm's resurgence right now is that he's playing so much more with Gasol due to the injuries. Um, you know, obviously he slid into the starting lineup, and you know Gasol again. Gasol finds Norm Powell like two, three times a game, just on curls and and just cuts the basket. And I think those are things that um, will just help Norm get going, get get him engaged, get him involved and then get him to almost buy in every single night. It's weird. You don't want a guy to have to you know, consistently need to sort of uh, engage him and involve him just like that. It's almost like uh, the, the way the Raptors used to play with JV where you got to give him the ball in the post a couple of times just so that he's like engaged in the game. But it's almost like that with Powell. And, and Powell, when you do engage him, he can give you consistent scoring. I thought Powell was very good tonight. I thought uh, Pascal was very good tonight. It's funny. He had – 28 and five with a steal, a block, you know, seven and 14 shooting, three or six from deep, in 35 minutes, and I honestly didn't think he blew, like he he like he cracked a sweat or anything like that. He was a plus 36 as well. This man, like he's just he's so good now. Like he could just do all this within the flow of the offense and never have to take over. And I thought it's nice, you know, even though he played 35 minutes, it's kind of a night off for him Cause in the sense that he didn't have to run every play through him. Like in on the road trip, guys were tired, you could tell. The offense was not as creative. Obviously, the Raptors won some games, but a lot of that came on the back of defense. Pascal was just, you know, the guy, he was posting up like 10 times a game, isolating. The ball was going through him every single possession, and that's got to be exhausting. So today, for him to just play within the flow of the offense, you know, take some threes when they're there, you know, a transition bucket for a dunk, cuts, things like that, a little putback here and there, like, just it. You do all that. You just play within the flow of the offense, and Pascal is so good now. His skill set is so varied that even when he doesn't try to impose himself on the game, the man still gives you 28 and 5. So I thought that was great. I thought the bench was great tonight. Uh, the bench gave the Raptors 55 points, which is, like, wow. Uh, and, again, you got to remember, this is the bench without a lot of their pieces. Like, normally uh, Norm will be there, and normally Serge will be there. Normally those two guys can give you, like, almost 30 points to so to not have those guys because surge is out enormous in the starting lineup and the bench still give you 55 points is uh is excellent. I thought Chris Boucher was great. Uh one thing I wanted to see was how Boucher's energy compared to Bismack Biombo, 'cause because obviously as Raptors fans we all know that, you know, Biombo is a legend here in Toronto. He's revered for the way he played, the all-out hustle. Well, guess what, man? Chris Boucher gives you 11 points, 11 rebounds, including 7 offensive rebounds. Meanwhile, Bismack Biyombo gives you 13 points. Okay, that's pretty nice. The, the Hornets were really doing a good job of finding him in the paint. Um, but only 2 rebounds. You know what I mean? So, Chris Boucher gives you 11 rebounds to Bismack Biyombo, who only had 2. And those guys matched up a lot against each other. So... Again, I love the energy from Boucher. One possession he got two offensive rebounds, sort of, and I think Rondé got one as well. All three of them missed Tippins, which, again, 2018 flashbacks, whatever. Uh, we have a championship banner. It's, it's behind me over there. And uh, so we can forget about those dark days. But, yeah, I mean, Boucher was great, man. 11 points, 11 rebounds off the bench. The energy, the hustle was, is amazing. Um, I thought Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was great. Man had 15 points at halftime. Not a single play was run for him that's impressive that's a real skill to be that involved you know there was that meme that came out um over the weekend where ronnie hollis jefferson posted a picture of him talking to pascal and fred and he captured it like yo you guys got your two-man game going but what about looks for me and fred <laughs> like a savage told him like yo get to the dunker uh and pascal responded with some uh, crying laughing emojis and i thought it was really funny but also it was really accurate like you know what i mean like Rondé, his best role in the offense is to be in the dunker spot, which is the little gap right on the foot of the paint um, along the baseline there. And that's where Rondé spends most of his offensive possessions because, obviously, he's not a threat to shoot. Like, I'm telling you, it's not just he's not shooting the ball. it's He's not shooting the ball for a reason. Uh, when you watch him warm up and stuff, he's just like it, – it's the, the, the ball sprays everywhere when he shoots. But – you know, as a guy who's in the dunker spot, he makes a lot of things happen. Like, he is consistently able to – he's got really, really good timing in terms of when to flash and get himself open. So, you know, that's – you know, he kind of goes from the baseline and makes a small little cut, like only like two or three meters. But he gets in the middle of the lane. All of a sudden, uh, whoever's driving is able to dump it off to him, and he can go in for a layup. Um, he's very – He's very crafty in the sense that he's a lefty, and all lefties are kind of crafty, and defenses kind of just forget which way to play them, and he's able to sort of get open and go to his left hand for the layup. He gets a lot of layups for a guy who, again, no, nobody's running plays for this guy. And also he gets on the offensive glass, right? So you, you love all those traits about him. Like today, 15 points, 8 rebounds, 4 offensive, 4 defensive. Gets you 2 uh, assists as well in 20 minutes, 6 to 10 shooting from the field. Very, very efficient. Also made 3 of his free throws. It was great. Terrence Davis played a lot in garbage time. He was really, really hurt by foul trouble. I mean, it's it's actually crazy how much the referees are just slapping him with everything. Part of being a rookie, I guess, but still, it's unfortunate. But he had a good game: sixteen points, seven assists. A lot of that in garbage time. Uh, You know, him pulling up for three. The confidence is very good. He had four or five from deep, and if that three point shot continues for him, that's gonna be really good. Like you know, you could easily see how he could be in the future, like an upgraded version of Norman Powell where, um, you know, he's Norman Powell with the slashing and with the athleticism and with the jump shooting, but he can also give you some playmaking. And it's, you know, the seven assists, there's nothing to scoff at. Even a game like this where the Hornets weren't playing much defense, seven assists is still pretty good. And then even Matt Thomas, man, yo, you know, the Asian expectation comes off the bench, gives you two threes, Malcolm Miller comes off the bench, gives you five points of garbage time. Juan Hernandez gets his first professional bucket in transition, takes it sort of the the length of the court for a layup. It was a three on one fast break, but no one stopped the ball, so he went in for a layup. Uh, O'Shea Brissett got called up because Stanley Johnson was out with a groin injury, and Brissett, you know, didn't get a didn't get a basket, but it'll it'll come eventually. Uh, and then, yeah, so it was a great effort altogether, you know, and. And you know, before I go to three stars, I really want to mention um, the KFC bucket of the game where this happened. In uh, yeah, I think this was this is in the third quarter there. So Norman Powell's open in the corner. He shoots a three. He short irons it. The ball bounces right back to Fred VanVleet, uh, who pitches it back to Norman Powell. Like Norman Powell basically hadn't even moved. So Norman Powell shoots the same shot from the same spot. Hits again. Short iron. The ball bounces around. Pascal Siakam flies in for the offensive rebound, keeps it alive, and then the, sh- the the play goes on. And eventually, OG Anobi stands in that same right corner where Norman Powell had just missed two threes. The ball swung to OG. Somehow he's open in the corner again. If you're a head coach, not, you'd be pulling out all your hair because not only has your team given up two offensive rebounds on the same play, but they've allowed three wide open corner threes, which is like... Aside from layups and free throws, like, the best shot in the game. And this time, OG switches the three. The crowd goes wild. Raptors go up 21. Obviously, you know, Hornets coach James Borrego whistles for timeout. And he's he's pissed. And um, the Raptors, man, on it, in, that, in that third quarter, in that fourth quarter, they were getting buckets. Like, I'm telling you, man. Raptors had 32 points um, in, in the third quarter. 40 points in the fourth quarter. Like, man, it was ruthless, too. Like, the way... You know, the, the Hornets would miss. And then the Raptors bench guys would come in. And all of a sudden, Terrence Davis, bucket, three. Matt Thomas, bucket, three. Like, you know, uh, Chris Boucher comes in for offensive rebound, put back. You know, it's just like it, it was ruthless to see the way the Raptors pulled away from this game. It was wild, man. Like, you just look up the score. Again, I, it's one of those things where, you know, um, when the game's a blowout, you kind of get a head start in terms of your writing and what, what you're trying to do post-game. Because obviously the result is uh, you know predetermined, and then you look up after you know you, you you've been writing ten things like in my case, and then you're like, man, the Raptors are up forty points, and like the Hornets, they're not that bad of a team. Like they were six and seven coming in, that's respectable. That's almost five hundred for a team like the Hornets. That's pretty good given their talent level. They play hard. They they have a cohesive system. It's not that great of a system, but it's also not not that much talent. But like yo, the Raptors just killed this team. Like. It, It was – I don't know. It was very fun to watch. It was very fun to watch. So in terms of your three stars from tonight, number one star goes to OG Obi. 24 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, 10 of 13 shooting from the field, four of seven from deep, and 27 minutes. Again, I can mention he didn't play the uh, the fourth quarter, A, because Raptors were up like a million points, and also B, because OG got scratched in the eye. Apparently he's okay, so, you know, crisis averted, but it is unfortunate he got scratched in the eye twice in like a week. Uh, second star, giving that to Norman Powell. I thought he was great. 17 points, uh, two rebounds, six assists, two steals in 25 minutes, seven of 15 from the field, two of eight from deep. Got a little bit of slander from Nick Nurse, but also, you know, Narms delivering, man. Again, five of the last six games, Norman Powell's giving you six, uh, 14 points or more. That's pretty, pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good, and then your third start. I mean, you can go a lot of places. You can go with Ronnie Hollis Jefferson for 15 points. I thought he was great in the first half. I thought Chris Boucher deserves it with you know a little bit also in terms of 11 points, 11 rebounds in just 18 minutes. And again, out hustling Bismack Biyombo is not easy. It's not easy. We know how great Bismack is, but personally, I'm giving it to Marcus All five five points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Great defense, 29 minutes for the seven foot Spaniard who. I mean, I don't know, man. You can't expect that much scoring from him nowadays. It's really a luxury when he gives you, like, 12 points. And that's going to have to improve over time. But the playmaking that he did today, uh, the defense that he played, perfect. He got the team running. He got the team humming. And the Raptors, as a team, dominated. Mark Saw himself didn't play that – like, didn't – do most of the scoring, but he definitely made everyone else score. And he definitely made everyone else better. And that's the whole point. Basketball's a team game. You ask Marcus all about all his struggles, he'll definitely tell you the same thing. As long as the Raptors are winning and the Raptors are 9-4, and 5-0 and at home so far. You know, yeah. Life could be a lot worse. Life could be a lot worse than Marcus Okay, yeah, he's scoring six points, but you know what? The man had two championships over the summer. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's not so bad. And the Raptors aren't playing so bad right now either. So, Great job by Mark. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson award, bro, this is tough. This is tough because uh, (laughs) the leading scorer for the Hornets tonight was Marvin Williams with 14 points. And so he will get the Gerald Henderson award. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, we're talking about, like, 34-year-old Marvin Williams giving you 14 points, and that's leading your team in scoring? Like, yikes. Yikes. So, uh you know, Marvin Williams, 14 points, 4 or 5 shooting from the field, 3 or 4 from deep. The the Raptors just kept leaving him on defense, and he, and he scored a couple of times. He got two blocks as well. So good job, Marvin Williams. Congratulations. Um, and, yeah, the Raptors just just worked these Hornets, you know. And the Raptors have the Magic coming into town soon. The Magic have not played well. We saw the Raptors already beat the Magic um, recently, and, you know, I expect a similar result. And then the Raptors take on the Hawks on Saturday. Actually, I won't be here for that game. Uh, uh, My buddy is getting uh, married. Actually, two of my very close friends are getting married. So that'll be great. Uh, But Big V will be here to, uh, you know, fill in for the podcast. I'm not sure if he'll go on YouTube, but at least the podcast will continue. So you can listen for that on Saturday against the Hawks. But honestly, I expect the Raptors to win all three of these games. Uh, The first game. They definitely took care of business, and if they show the same kind of ruthlessness and professionalism in their in their approach for the next game, they're going to win again. So, good times for the Raptors. Obviously, I you know like personally, of course, I would like to see the Raptors get more wins against like uh, high quality competition. You know, the Raptors this season have cleaned up against under five hundred teams, and their record against above five hundred teams. It, you know, they only beaten the Lakers, but but you got to consider the circumstances. They played all these above five hundred teams. On the road, it's not easy to go to TD Garden in Boston and win a game. It's not easy to go to the Clippers' arena on the second half of a back to back and win a game. It's not easy to play the Mavericks on the last game of a road trip and and win. It's not easy to go to Milwaukee and win a game, unless it's the uh, the playoffs. But you know, nevertheless, um, yeah, I, I want to see you know the Raptors sort of. Uh, perform in a, in a situation where they can have more of the roster full uh you know at their disposal uh and a, and a, you know see what the raptors look like especially at home against a, a top tier competition and so i'm looking forward really uh to next monday's game uh on the 25th against the uh, philadelphia 76ers who will be in town sixers actually aren't playing that great but obviously they have a lot of talent so they're gonna be a tough matchup so i'm really interested to see how the raptors do in that game but and there's a chance kai returns for that game he's supposed to be reevaluated in two weeks, so that's basically uh this weekend. So we'll see. And chances are, you know, obviously uh Kyle loves playing against his uh, hometown of Philly. So uh he, my guess would be he plays that one, but you know, there's a lot to look forward to. Again the Raptors are nine and four. Times are great. They have a championship banner. They keep honoring former Raptors, you know, you getting a lot of great memories. They they you know, they shouted out Del Curry, they shouted out Bismack Biombo uh Jay Triano was also on the Hornets bench, but uh they, for some reason, you know, they didn't uh they didn't honor Jay Triano, which I'm fine with, honestly. I, I watched those defenses in like two thousand and eleven and two thousand and twelve. Uh that that stuff was unwatchable and I I would I, if you know, I, I'd rather not revisit it. So um yeah, Jay Triano was not a not a good coach. Not it's not for Canada, not for uh not for uh the Raptors either, but you know, we're on to better times. We're, we're really on the better times. Uh, and so thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone for watching the podcast on YouTube. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, KFC. And uh, I'll speak to you on Wednesday after the Raptors. Uh, take care of the magic. Peace yahoofinance.com.